Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Us. This is the podcast about openness to new experiences. I'm Professor T, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Dr. Toomey. How are you doing this evening, Toomey? Good evening, Professor T. We are in the midst of coronavirus land or world, and we are persevering. I'm persevering. Um, It's the 30th of March. Towards the end of the month, going into April, the months are beginning to merge into each other, as well as the days. And uh, it's uh, something else. And how are you? <laughs> I have my hood up, so apologies to the listener there. Why uh, you have your hood up? My hood is down now. Apologies about that. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, very much the same as you, especially the something else bit. I can really relate to that. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's a fucking uh, it's shit. Uh, but it's also kind of good in the same way. Um, I don't know. I have a weird... I have a weird relationship at the same time. Yeah. I have a weird relationship with this working from home, kind of time off, kind of not. Uh, uh, weird, weird cabin fever, madness kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite surreal. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm doing different types of task in work, and I'm actually enjoying the tasks I'm doing because I like kind of researchy stuff, and I'm getting time to do loads of that and loads of times to think on it. And I'm working from home some of the days now, so uh, the work stress has gone way down, I have to admit. Don't know what it's like for you. Mine was pretty low, but I was on the tail end of a project, and now I'm on the start of a new one, so that's always busy. And it's very strange to be starting on a new project when you're working remotely, because you have to basically go around and talk to people, and uh, as, as discussed, I don't like doing that. But now, worse than that, worse than that, I have to ring people, cold. I have to ring people cold and introduce myself. So the person I report to on the project is like, oh, ring this person and ring that person and ring Mick Finucane and ring Tommy Aldridge. These aren't real people, by the way. Um, but, uh, well, Tommy Aldridge is, he's a drummer. But um, so, uh, so I have to go and ring these people cold instead of just walking over to the desk. And that's almost more daunting than, than the whole walking over to the desk thing. So, yeah, I did something resembling a a proper day's work today, um, which was, I mean, of course, I know people from work listen to this. So every single day I'm doing 100% of a day's work and my productivity hasn't slipped whatsoever. But today especially, that was true. Yeah, me too. Uh, I just have a question. Uh, When you introduce yourself to these these people that you on your new team, what's your standard line? Oh, firstly, I get sick. I vomit in my own mouth. yeah. Then I try to conceal the fact that I vomited. And then I say, hi, um, and I always say, um, hi, um, is my is my opening line. Because <laughs> I don't have the balls to not say, um, because saying hi yeah. and then saying an actual word is like arrogant. You're just speaking clearly, like confidently is arrogant. No, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Well, in my head it is for some reason. You always have to kind of dumb yourself down like 25% when you're introducing yourself to people, especially on the phone. Hiya, hiya, this is uh, <laughs> kind of French. Exactly, exactly, kind of apologetic as well, almost. You're like, hi, uh, I'm uh, just, uh, and you use, you use the word just, which is uh, redundant. In many ca- in most cases where the word just is used, it's redundant. I'm just calling you. No, you're not just calling, you're calling. You're calling, I'm calling you. I'm not just calling. You're I'm full calling. on calling. Yeah, I'm fucking calling you. That's what I should say. Hi, I'm fucking calling you to introduce myself. So fuck you. And I am Uh, taking up your time and I don't care about it. Yeah. 
No, my, my, my standard intro is, hi, I'm just calling you to introduce myself. My name is XYZ. I'm working with ABCDEFG on the HIJKLMLP project and blah, 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 blah. And then I get to the point after about 90 seconds of gibberish. And then you get on to QRST. Great, okay. That's uh, that's a nice check-in for the two of us on the coronavirus. And there's lots of other things going on, of course, but we won't uh, bore the listener with uh, that. Yes, so um, it's worth mentioning now that the last task that we did, uh, the most experimental task we've ever done on Open Us, was our least successful podcast episode ever, covering not just this podcast, but also a previous podcast that we did before this podcast. Uh, so le- least successful by a wide margin. Yes, and we were thinking about, Jesus, we're being really risque. We're putting ourselves out there. How will the listener respond? How will, will we get more downloads for this one? God, this is one of the most creative things we've done in a while. And then, yeah, uh, didn't quite work out for us. It reminds me of an old, um, uh, I think it's Armstrong and Miller was the name of the uh, sketch show. Uh, and I hope I haven't talked about this before, but it was very funny. So it's your man, Alexander Armstrong, who presents Pointless. Do you ever watch Pointless? I do. So he used to be in a sketch show. It was Armstrong and Miller, it was called. And um, it's uh, just him in his car. And he's like, well, you know, uh, originally uh, I had a band and, you know, we played a few gigs, a few high profile shows and we were pretty successful. But then they started dwindling. And then, you know, uh, I, I, I became an actor and I was actually uh, in a daytime soap opera for, for several years. And, you know, I got a couple of movie roles, although that kind of uh, whittled out after a while. And then I took up writing and originally it was fiction and then I turned to nonfiction. And then that dwindled <laughs> and then I became a teacher. So... It's like you try everything. You do your most creative stuff. It's really unsuccessful. And then you settle. You settle, yeah. I've seen that theme in movie, different movies as well, like settling. There's a, like there's a movie or a program that I can't think of. Yeah. We'll have to settle for that. Uh, <laughs> that response. Um, yes, but yeah, it is funny how yeah the more we put ourselves out there, the less interest people were and like previously when we were promoting gigs and stuff where we did like video promotion or we did like very creative stuff where we filmed sketches and posted them online and publicized them many times they just fell completely under the radar it can be quite disheartening actually you there's a part of you that, that assumes the more creative you try to be the more interested people would be in that but it seems that people are more interested in just hearing us chat and listening to a standard podcast and just kind of uh, like getting into the, the podcast format, I suppose. That's it. And That's what I'm kind of taking from. The more artsy and farty you get, the less interested the general public is. But the artsy and farty people are probably very interested, but they're few and far between uh, by the nature of their artsiness and fartiness. Um, so what, what I think what people are actually interested in by our download figures is football, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> football, something about football. So bloody obvious, the general public. And they're interested. This week we're doing football again. (laughs) (laughs) Can Professor T watch a football match? Uh, But it would get so many downloads. Like it's tempting. It's it's very tempting. (laughs) The football card. We could we could fucking sell out if we wanted to here. We could sell out any time we wanted. Uh, So drama, uh, a big failure. Uh, but we learned from it. We kind of, it was interesting. It was kind of exhilarating to do it, uh, I would say. Um, thinking on the spot of your next line. 
yeah, the creativity was it was enjoyable, and we kind of I, I enjoyed listening to it a couple of times. Um, it's not something I would do again. I would say I would definitely do it again, but not in that format, not on a podcast, uh, not on this podcast, definitely. But I, I love improvisation. I love the concept, and any times I've done it or experimented with it in the past, I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's not too far off, you know, some of the things we've done in the past either. But um, I I would definitely do it again. I won't be doing it again on the podcast just to let the listener know well the listener as if any of them actually listen to it. the listener might be the most accurate thing we could ever say on this occasion because there was not more than not too many more than one no. the listener you know who you Thank are you to the listener for joining in last week <laughs> um, yes so uh, no i won't be doing it again <laughs> we were using that word literally the whole time we've been saying it <laughs> Shout out to the listener. You know who you are. That's a twist. On Open Us, episode 19. Oh, God. Uh, So, episode 19 of Open Us. This is the podcast where we do something new every week. And we try to open up our minds to things we were previously close-minded about or something like that <laughs> oh no we're becoming jaded and cynical <laughs> yes anyway Fuck. enough of that professor t will you lead the listener out on this week's task please okay so this week's task was to create a live stream channel on twitch and then for each of us to do a live stream this past weekend so that was saturday and sunday where we uh, performed some kind of activity for a video uh that was filming us live and broadcasting us on our Twitch channel. Very good. Very nicely done. And uh, why did we do this, I wonder? Uh, well, it was it was your idea, and I was completely close-minded <laughs> to it uh, initially. Do you know why I came up, with, came up with this idea? Go on. I should have asked that question to myself. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the reason I came up with this is because it's a kind of a craze at the moment. Everyone's in the coronavirus lockdown and there's a lot of live streams coming on um, on, on stream. And um, I know it's, it's a, a form of media that's become very popular in the last, say, year or two. Um, although I don't know much about it. Um, and I thought it's kind of an interesting format, especially the ones where it's people like playing video games or people doing chatting or random things or musicians uh play their music live or yeah there's just lots of things go on on live streams and i i never really got into it but i thought it would be interesting for us to try it that's kind of what i was thinking and unlike uh, tiktok i was actually aware of twitch and i've been aware of it for a few years it's not um as much of a i don't think it's as much of a recent sensation as tiktok or is that right i I actually don't know but I've, i've heard about twitch back three four years ago i think yeah, I think you're right. I think TikTok is more of a, like a a craze with the last year or so. It's become really popular. Whereas I think live streaming has been steadily building. Building, and uh, yeah, it's not just Twitch. There, it's on uh, Facebook and YouTube and Instagram Live. Um, just, just there's just been. So I think maybe as well with the coronavirus, there's been a huge explosion of of live stream. Uh, like people doing live stream mindfulness and live stream workouts and things like that. So. Uh, I thought, why why don't we give it a, a go? And there definitely has. I've noticed that even the likes of you and me, we've done things on um, Google Hangouts. I've done a, a class via Zoom. Uh, and then even with work, people are using uh, various combinations of things, Microsoft Teams and 
Skype and all of that type of stuff to connect with one another. So those formats, um, those applications are definitely seeing a huge surge in popularity because of the coronavirus. Um, but yeah, Twitch, I had heard of it. I was still, nonetheless, I was still completely closed-minded to it. Uh, you pitched your idea of live streaming a video game. Now, I was aware of this concept, um, but to me, anything I've ever watched from that might be... Maybe, might be, might be the like recorded version of somebody's live stream of maybe playing GTA um, online, GTA 5 or something. And then they post that up to YouTube and they have like eight bazillion downloads or, or views or whatever. So they've like a successful channel posting up uh, their video, that video that they recorded that they live streamed previously. And um, I, I was, my reservations were, look, realistically, no one's going to watch us. So what will we have to talk about? Because... No one will know about it, therefore, like very few people will know about it, therefore hardly any of those will probably watch it, leading to very little interaction and then my possibly very little to talk about. That was my preconception of Twitch. Yes, and I think you especially thought that about video games, because you thought, especially, why would people want to watch other people playing a video game? That's the, one of the elements of your point, I thought. It was, yes. That, Yes, because I had suggested we should do uh, video games together online and uh, record that. Um, but I think the more general point you were making is, yeah, why would we bother doing this when nobody would would view it? And yeah, that I had no no real uh, response to that, apart from the fact that the experience of, of doing a live stream would be interesting and entertaining and we'd learn fr- something from it and we might enjoy it. And yeah, it might lead on to other things, I suppose as well yes and um i eventually relented and i said fuck it let's do it but i'd forgotten that the whole concept of that while you were playing the video game you'd be doing the live commentary as well so that in um that ended up obviously adding a huge aspect of uh live type of you know spontaneity to to your video definitely um so yeah so um we decided we would each do a video and Maybe seeing as you have already talked about yours, you should talk about your one. Or do you want... Well, I'll well, talk about my one first, actually, because I did my one first. Correct. Okay. Let's go with that. So I streamed on Saturday at 4 p.m. And I had, do, I had done a test run of this, just filming, filming with my webcam, uh, me cooking a meal. So I was thinking, what can I do on a live stream that might come across well? I could add in a bit of banter and try and make it humorous and whatever. So I decided to cook a meal. Now, I didn't stream this live. I just recorded it with my laptop webcam just to have a, a, a dry run at it, let's say. So I cooked a, a meal of pasta. I just made it my own pasta sauce and cooked pasta, basically. Uh, but I really actually enjoyed doing it. And I I still had my reservations about Twitch, but at least I knew that I could do it. I was able to turn on uh, my personality when the camera was rolling, let's say. And... I watched back the, the videos and rather than cringing at them, I was actually quite happy with what had come out. So I said, fuck it, I'm going to be a chef. And I hadn't thought about it too much other than that. It was, all I was going to do was I was going to be a chef. I was going to record myself cooking. Yeah. And what? And how did you develop that idea? Well, further? I thought to myself, so while I was filming the first uh, dry run at it, during the parts of the cooking where nothing much was happening, I stopped filming and I picked back up when uh when the action increased again so let's say when a sauce was simmering or reducing on the the hop i mean i didn't really have anything to say during those parts so i decided to just stop filming and i thought well you can't do that if you're doing a 40 minute live uh, twitch video so i decided rather than just being a chef i would be the drinking chef Uh the drinking chef so my concept was to drink a shot 
of beer every 60 seconds similar to the game that we would have played when we were younger called the hour of power so the rules are you pour yourself a shot a standard size shot of beer every 60 seconds and you drink that for an hour and you end up getting quite drunk even though the quantity isn't that much but the small time frame is the issue actually the quantity is a lot actually when you work it out and, yeah. the, and the time frame is short <laughs> As we were watching you getting drunker and drunker, it seemed like quite a large quantity. Yeah, sorry, the quantity is a lot. You to, if you, sorry, go on. If you missed a, a minute, you'd say, oh, I missed the last minute. I'm going to take two shots the next time. But yeah, I became the drinking chef. So, And I was going to cook a, a, um, a favorite of mine, which is a beef burrito, where I make spicy kind of beef mix with a tomato-y kind of sauce. And then I wrap that up in a burrito and then I fry it in the frying pan. So it's like a fried beef burrito is what I call it. Uh, similar to maybe a chimichanga if you eat at proper Mexican restaurants. Uh, so yeah, so that was my meal. That's the thing that I kind of make. Uh, that's my favorite thing that I cook myself, my signature dish, if you will. Um, so I decided to make that. And all through the video, I was drinking a shot of Guinness every 60 seconds. So I had my stopwatch there. I was keeping an eye on that. I was also chopping veg, making a sauce, cooking beef, combining the two turning it into a burrito mix, folding it into burritos, and frying those off in the pan at the end. And that was the episode, but it was, I really, really enjoyed it. I had a fucking brilliant time, and I would 100% do it again. <laughs> do you know what? You, you seemed so comfortable in your element during it, and the concept of the drinking chef is actually very unique. Um, someone taking a shot every every minute um, and then doing the cooking in between that. I, I even enjoyed your your explanation of why you were drinking uh, shots of Guinness uh, rather than uh, other drinks. Uh, if, if, would you explain that to the listener? Yeah, uh, I'll explain that to the listener. Uh, yes, uh, so I've done this uh, in the past when I was younger, maybe when I was about 20. I haven't done it recently, but... Uh, Back then, we would have been drinking uh, lager, like so, Chewborg or something like that. So, you'd be pouring a shot of Chewborg into a shot glass, and you think, oh, a shot of beer, I mean, no big deal. Every 60 seconds, piece of piss, right? But after 10, 10 minutes, let's say, you've had 10 shots, and each one becomes more difficult than the last because the gassiness of the beer builds up in your stomach, and you get quite bloated, and you get quite gassy, and you need to burp a lot, and you can't because almost like every time you think about it you have to do another shot then you have to do another one and another one and another one and the gassiness of lager becomes very like uh, builds up massively in your stomach basically and becomes very uncomfortable you get bloated and you get indigestion so <laughs> to to avoid all of that i decided to, to drink guinness because guinness is a soft flat drink now a lot of people say oh guinness is very heavy it's like a meal and a drink in one etc but i've always maintained that i could drink 15 pints of guinness far easier than 15 pints of lager like, if you're going to be drinking all day or at a wedding or something, I would, I would much rather, 10 times out of 10, I would go for Guinness. I think it's much easier to drink. Uh, I think it's far easier to drink a lot of because there's no gassiness. There's no need to burp. There's no feeling of bloatedness. So this was my logic for using the Guinness rather than the lager in the live Twitch episode. And it worked at charm. It worked a treat. Uh, I didn't it, feel gassy. It absolutely did. Yeah. I didn't feel sick. Uh I played this game when I was younger and after about 50 shots, definitely got sick. But there was no feeling of, of sickness. There was no feeling of gassiness. And in fact, it was the ideal drink, other than water, obviously. It was the ideal drink to have uh, as the drinking chef. And uh, how many shots approximately? I think you were on for about uh, about half an hour 
Uh, so I wonder how many shots of Guinness you had in that that half an hour. It was at least would it be thirty. It was at least thirty-seven minutes, and then I stopped paying attention. Oh, thirty-seven minutes. I'd say I probably had about thirty-five shots of Guinness. I'd say because there were some <laughs> ones I missed. Uh, now I, d- I doubled up on a couple of occasions, but there was definitely some I missed as well. So I'd say thirty-five. Yeah, you shots. were very diligent. You were, you were very <laughs> dutiful. You were very conscientious. <laughs> That's it, yeah. But that was that was part of the the entertainment was watching you getting slightly more drunk as it went exactly on. yeah and I mean it got better as it went along let's be fucking honest about it uh, because <laughs> yeah. I was getting a bit tipsy <laughs> yeah you found your your form oh definitely yeah as, as the longer it went on the more comfortable I became and I did experiment with the camera angle later on in the episode and unfortunately I didn't really get too much time to prepare the camera beforehand. So the the angle I had towards the last fifteen minutes was perfect, and it would have been better had I had that the entire time. But you you know you live and learn. You go um, through these things like on your first run, and you pick up things that you would change the next time around. But but actually, in saying that, it's something I definitely would do again, and not like oh you know I would definitely read a H.T. Wells book again or something like that. I want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I actually actually want to. Yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> that's the difference between this and all the other tasks. <laughs> well, not just in fairness, <laughs> I did stick with the vegan lifestyle for quite a while, although I, that has slipped now almost back to where I was. I still am eating the odd vegan meal here and there, but it's almost slipped back to what I was before, uh, say for a few meals. Um, I tried though, I tried with that, and I just, I don't know, fell back into old habits, old habits die hard and all that. But um, but this, <laughs> this one, I, I, would, I would love to do this again. And actually, I can't wait to do it again. Actually. You could tell you were really enjoying it. And I think when you're a viewer, it, you, you just, when the host is comfortable and the host is kind of, you can see that they're in their element. They, you had a little smile on your face. You're, you're explaining your little tricks of, of cooking. A lot of different spices, a lot of like different components to your, your cooking. You're explaining where you picked up your experiences of, of cooking and stuff. Uh, I thought it was a, a great success and I had suggested to you to maybe do it again not because it was lacking in quality just because I think it was uh, a little bit of a rush for you to get set up and there was some other elements of Twitch like the interactions with the audience or maybe the camera angle and things like that that I would I would love to see you do that again not even for the Open Us podcast at all but just if you wanted to do that as another live stream I'd be all over it and we could yeah. kind of produce so, it a bit better maybe i'd say that's it it could the camera angle could have been better and yes i was not aware that if you kept up the twitch page as you were broadcasting that there was a, a chat a comment section of people who were watching that were commenting right throughout so i wasn't aware of that unfortunately and more seasoned twitch users and even you when you were doing your video were able to or are able to respond to the comments as they come in so they'd be like oh Thomas has said that he likes the look of the burrito or something like that. Um, so, yeah, the next time I will definitely do that. And I would definitely have a better camera angle and just prepare more and make sure the production is uh, as good as it can be. I'd love I'd love to see the drinking chef in action again. Uh, have you any sort of time, time frame in mind for, for when you'd like to give it another go? Or is it just a few weeks think, or whatever? Or? I, I think the drinking chef may rise again this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! Like I'd love to. I love to like promote it properly and stuff. And like Christ Himself, the drinking chef will rise from the dead. No, <laughs> with a new burrito in his hand, or something. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Something funnier than uh, that. But, but, yes, exactly. But uh, yeah, it was a great success. So with the views, so the amount of viewers before you started this, this was a kind of a thing I think you were stuck on before we started this task. You were concerned about the relatively few amount of 
viewers that you thought we would get. Um, so the amount of viewers was about 30 watched the stream and between five and 10 were watching it at, at any one time. So I suppose it's a, it's a good amount of viewers, but it's not like a, not like massive uh, amount of viewers, but having done that, does that change your um, viewpoint on kind of focusing on the viewers or how do you feel about that? Uh, afterwards in that you did a really good job but the viewers wasn't that high i would say i have to say i got a great buzz from it and i've got a, I got a great buzz okay. better than any any performance buzz i've ever got in my life so that includes like wow. uh doing plays and doing gigs uh doing podcasts and really anything else that i can think of uh, so i really enjoyed it and it didn't wow. it didn't occur to me how many people may or may not be watching i knew there were at least some people watching and i knew the fact that it could be watched and it was being broadcasted live. That was the thrill for me, um, the the live aspect of it. And I felt like I felt like I was on stage, but I was so comfortable because I was in the confines of my own home. And when do you get to do that? Like, um, like you know everything you were doing around stuff you. You were really interested. Sorry, you you were doing stuff you were really interested in anyway, like cooking and drinking. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and you got to like show your humor and stuff as well. So yeah, it was. Yeah, the live thing, I was actually, on your behalf, I was actually nervous before it because it was live. I felt like I was going on to perform as well. Yeah. And, and there was, there's just a buzz with live, live performance, isn't there? A huge buzz. I was only mildly nervous, I must say. I was more nervous about the technology failing than the actual performance part of it. But uh, genuinely, cooking and drinking are two of my favourite things. I'm not trying to be funny with that. Like, I like drinking. I've always said that. And anyone who knows me knows that I do. Uh, I also like cooking and have done <laughs> for several years. So... Why bullshit about it? Like I love doing both of those things. Why not combine them? Yeah, and we may have stumbled on to your uh, your kind of natural habitat for for entertainment. Yes, I think so. An open us podcast. And yeah, so just go back to the views thing. Although you knew there was at least five to ten kind of constantly watching as our friends were watching and stuff. That must that must have given you some buzzes to know at least some people were watching. Oh, definitely did. I mean, crowd of people. Yeah, I, I knew there were people watching. I just didn't know who exactly, but I knew like I knew at least a couple of people were definitely watching, and that was enough for me. You know, I, I it it was the fact that it was being sent out there live, and I was I was live, and I was in my own kitchen, and I was cooking, and I was drinking, and it was it was perfect. So we also might as well mention that your live stream was you playing Tekken 7 online uh, against uh, various opponents, real people, not computer-controlled opponents. So you went into a kind of an arena setting where you wait for an opponent to click into a game with you, and then you fought various different opponents over the course of an hour. Um, and how did you get on, Dr. Toomey? Well, <laughs> I lost several of my matches on the on the Tekken, but I'll get to that in a second. I just want to... Uh, say about this live stream is that i wanted to set a nice uh, ambience uh, for the stream and so i really enjoyed like setting up the the microphone to the right level getting that i had background music playing um like relaxing uh, hip-hop music instrumentals um to call it by its actual uh, you know. name now dr toomey what's the actual genre chill hop chill hop <laughs> chill hop yes uh, so hip-hop beats that are that are relaxing and that can be in the background and that's that's my my favorite type of chill out music and i 
had talked to you beforehand and you said, no, you should have the sound of the game playing in the background. But I said, no, this is my live stream. So I had my music in the background. To, so the listener didn't hear the, the sounds of the game. They just heard the uh, the my live music, which I was happy with. Um, yeah, so I kind of wanted it to be a kind of a chilled out, relaxing vibe <laughs> that maybe I'd get, and then getting a bit more into the, the tech end as I went on. So yeah. Uh, I uh, proceeded to play several people in uh, Tekken, and uh, I think I played about, I was on there for about an hour. You were an hour, yeah. Uh, So I'm surprised people stuck with me. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the warm-up area, showing people my moves, talking people through my moves. I have about four moves in Tekken, for people who don't know, it's the fighting game. Um, So I was explaining that I'm a limited player and that people would be joining to watching me most likely lose. I was also explaining that I like to block a lot. I'm a very defensive player um, and I use sidestep and uh, that's how I uh, overcome my lack of attacking ability in Tekken is to block and frustrate the other person. And that makes me kind of like very um, a counter attacker, a counter puncher and someone who likes to read the patterns in the other person's moves and then sort of frustrate them and uh, block them and, and be ready to pounce. Um <clears throat> But I have to say, um, <laughs> I, I found it more enjoyable to watch when you were losing because I thought the commentary was more entertaining <laughs> from you. <laughs> yeah. And I did lose quite a lot. I, I lost nearly every game I played. I played about 15 games, I'd say, and I lost uh, 10 games, I'd say, or 11. And uh, each time I was just kind of being calm and stuff and I was trying to narrate. So I was like saying... So now they're going to hit me with this move, and oh, they're 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 coming at me with this. Uh, that that was unexpected. And then I'd be like, oh, "That's okay. I'm going to block them, and I'm going to finish them off here." And then I'd be like, "So here comes the block, and I'll finish them off." And then they'd get me, and then I go, "For fuck's sake!" Especially the prick. The girl with the tigers was really frustrating. <laughs> yeah, we should really get into this. So this was the last last game, uh, the last opponent I I felt the the woman with the tigers. Uh, so she plays with this character. I always play with Jin Kazoya. Uh, he's a classic Tekken character. Uh, he's kind of straight and narrow. What's that? What's that phrase? Straight, straight as a dime. That's not, not. You know that phrase. Um, straight as in like tall, or just like a clean cut. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Straight as I'm an not arrow. Talking about sexuality. It's like. Um, He's, uh, <laughs> uh, he's, I don't know if this phrase exists. He's, 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 he's clean cut kind of character. Cl- clean cut, true blue kind of, you could set your watch by him. Uh, classic tech end character. Okay. Uh, there probably is a phrase. If anybody knows, write in, <laughs> open us <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so yeah I always play with him and I was playing against this uh, uh, feminist uh, female character Can is a female always a feminist? <laughs> not necessarily no but uh, <laughs> most of them are I'd say that's where it comes from <laughs> fair enough so this was an effeminate female Japanese character kind of uh, I would say childish you know the way uh, Japanese uh, culture kind of has this uh, value they place on youth they sexualize uh, children <laughs> no comment they do in fairness there's they, an aspect of Japanese they culture do. that sexualizes children definitely 
Well, just a quick story on that. Uh, I, th- I may have mentioned it in a previous podcast. When, when I was in Japan with Liz last year, we went and looked at uh, manga shops, which is like uh, the uh, the cartoons that the Japanese are into and they kind of have good stories in them. But we were really shocked to see that I would say about 75% of the manga was uh, sexually suggestive uh, pictures of young girls who were clearly on who, who weren't adults yeah they were like teenage girls I remember I don't know if I mentioned that before no you didn't mention that part of it I remember reading in uh, Mick Foley's autobiography years ago um, about that when he was wrestling in Japan in the 1990s he couldn't believe the number of actual pornographic magazines that he found where they had really really young looking girls dressed in like children's clothes they were probably over 18 you know what I mean but they found particular looking models for these uh, photo shoots and Basically, the the point of it was like these girls, they might be legal, but they don't look like they are, and they're dressed like they aren't. That type of thing. Like, and he was yeah, he was shocked at the time as well. Yeah, it, I was I was myself and Liz were really shocked. Like, we went into this manga shop and it had about five floors, and like four floors were sexually expi- sexually suggestive photos of young girls, and then the fifth floor was just like pornography. Of, you'd wonder of, uh, does that re- and i'm being completely serious when i say this you'd wonder does that overall result in a higher or lower number of cases of pedophilia per capita than a country that doesn't do that you would wonder and because if people who know, have those inclinations can get their kicks some other way are they more likely or less likely to offend oh okay so you're, so you're kind of coming at that from the angle that the the kind of the need is there in some men and by and women. by looking at and women and by looking at uh, pornography or suggestive pictures, they're sort of getting it out of their system. Well, it's really just it's just occurring to me. You'd wonder if that's. Uh, I'd like to know the stats on that. No, but I've read that online, and we don't want to make light of this. Uh, it's a very no, uh, it's a very serious topic. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, the the Japanese. <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> I don't know how we get. There's out no of this. segue out of this. Let's just change the subject. Okay, so uh, you. Okay, it was playing against this suggestive. <laughs> <laughs> playing against this female Japanese character. Okay, and you ruined it okay, by saying effeminate. That was the slippery slope. Then <laughs> I took us down a terrible, terrible route. Uh, apologies to any offence we've caused. Uh, to Japanese listeners and other listeners, um, so um, <laughs> so, uh, Jin Kazuya is uh, fighting. <laughs> he's fighting a female Japanese character in Tekken. I'm Jin Kazuya, and I think I have a good handle of this uh, character that I'm facing. And I'm, all my moves are coming together. And then all of a sudden, she starts whipping out these tigers. Yeah. And the fucking tiger... Like, you can't defend these tigers. So you're you're at mid, mid-range distance away from her. And she whips out a tiger. So what happens is a tiger ex- appears from the bottom of her shoe. And she's literally throwing a tiger at you from nowhere. And I think this is against the whole point of Tekken. Tekken is about fighting, in my opinion. Fighting up close, getting used to the moves, uh, dodging, uh, putting combinations together. It's not about tigers. It's Tigers shouldn't be allowed on Tekken. And every time I got nearer, she would throw a tiger. And and then my, my sort of counter, counter action, counter attack to that or... or 
uh, retort against that was to to move away from her. So I'd go to the other side of the screen and my, and my strategy was I'm going to run at her and to suddenly attack her and then she won't have time to get her tiger ready in time. And do you know what it is? I was reflecting on this, right? So Tekken has always prided itself in not having fireballs, right? It's the one fighting game that uses realistic movements, realistic martial arts, uh, and it prides itself in not having any fireballs or magics. And that was the difference always between Tekken and Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and all the other high-profile games, Killer Instinct. And really, Tigers is just a cheap fireball, Tekken. It is. You're right. It's a sneaky fireball. Another character... It, it completely is. It, it gets you at distance. You're just standing at the other side of the screen and she throws a tiger at you. Yeah. I'm trying to get up close and, and, and have a fight here. It's basically a like fucking it, Hadouken. <laughs> it is a Hadouken. And I said it's a disturbing trend because I saw some other characters. There's another character with some sort of knife and another one with a ghost ha- hovering around his head. Um, called me old-fashioned, but I, I don't want any of that. <laughs> You're old-fashioned. <laughs> but so am I. So am so, I. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Eddie Gordo was a bit of a stretch in Tekken 3, but, you know, you let him away with it because you could you could feasibly see somebody being able to dance like that and do all those weird moves. Like It was like breakdancing like, or something, but fireballs and tigers in Tekken just don't fit. Yes, and Eddie Gordo, the, the frustrating thing about him is he had these moves that could keep you at a distance. Like, he'd go on his head and he'd stick out his two legs as if, if he's doing the splits. And if he repeatedly does that move, it's very hard to get close to him. Those are the types of moves I hate when they keep you at a distance. Like Dalsum in Street Fighter. He used to wind me up. Those stretchy arms and stretchy legs. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a son of a bitch. And who would ever pick him? Some asshole. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, Street Fighter had a few, as you said. It had the Hadouken. Uh, Guile had one as well. But Street Fighter like wore it on its sleeve. Like Those were the signature moves of Street Fighter. So that's fair enough. You know That was the identity of Street Fighter since the very start. Whereas Tekken was always like, nope, we don't have fireballs. We don't. We have realistic martial arts. And all of a sudden, then they're sneaking in tigers, ghosts. Fucking what else? What's next? Trumpets. Trumpets, yeah. One guy had a trumpet. <laughs> that's silly stuff. So uh, the, the climax of my live stream was me getting increasingly annoyed at this woman... Uh, unleashing tigers on me because I wanted to actually have the fight and I I couldn't block the tigers it was just it was completely frustrating but nevertheless I got I beat her twice and she beat me twice and I was waiting for the finale and then she disconnected yeah Um, that was very frustrating frustrating. as as a spectator that was very frustrating because it was like the rubber match and it just didn't happen yeah because I I was just working out how to how to counteract the tigers after going through the frustration with it, it was like the journey of of, of overcoming these tigers. <laughs> and it's like a uh, metaphor Bradley, or something. <laughs> yeah, Richard Bradley said a very funny comment on the, the live stream. He said, there are no tigers. <laughs> yeah. I, I laughed at that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed the, the interaction with the, the people, I have to say, um, like people... Uh, chatting like putting in little comments and responding to things I said I thought that was really cool that was actually. brilliant I really enjoyed that as a, as a commenter uh, watching our commentator no commenter uh, watching your video it was really enjoyable just to interact with the other people who were there commenting as well it's it seems I think it's one of the most enjoyable things about live streaming from what I can see and uh, my friend uh, Richard Cody uh, who's an acquaintance of yours an acquaintance uh, of mine a friend of yours yes yeah <laughs> and uh, he says that the the main part of the live stream on Twitch is actually the community part of it, and people like get really into the communities and the interactions, and people get to know each other on the the chat uh, forums, and 
they start sponsoring the the live streamers so i could see that like that's so satisfying for the limited experience i had with it there and i'm glad you brought this up because i wanted to draw just a quick uh, parallel between twitch and tiktok so anybody who listened two episodes ago will know that i didn't like tiktok at all and i had no time for it and i could tell within minutes of using twitch that it was just completely different and way better as a format now in my opinion obviously way better as a format uh, or a forum to present your videos you have the comments, you have the users, you have to sign as a, in as a user, create your own user profile, you have your favorites, you have your categories of stuff you like. It's long form, you put up lengthy videos, uh, people do really creative things, and it's just, it appeals to me a lot more as a, an older social media user than TikTok does, which to me was just throwaway stuff, you know, just like, oh, this is 16, 15 seconds or 60 seconds. It was just, I, I thought TikTok was disposable, whereas Twitch had a lot of more uh, depth to it. I agree with you there. And I think the word that stood out for me or the phrase that you said that stood out to me was uh, long form that, that yeah, uh, Twitch is long form. Like you could do the, the streaming for an hour if you wanted or an hour and a half and it's live as well. So you have that immediate kind of connection with the audience, whereas as TikTok is just disposable. I think, yeah, it's a good way that you described it as well. Yes, TikTok's a heap of shite. Right, you are. Okay, um, so I think that's a pretty good reflection on both of our live streams. Um, so would do again, definitely, is my reaction to that. And I think probably yours as well. Yeah, that would be my reaction as well. I really enjoyed having the creative space uh, to to be on tech in and throwing some funny comments and uh, have my own music. I just, the whole thing, have the community. The, the one thing I would say that is a niggling doubt, and it might apply to you as well, is... Going back to that that uh, thing about viewers and listeners and stuff, I wonder if we tried um, live streaming a few times, would we eventually get frustrated if we didn't get uh, viewers? And it's I, I would say it is hard to get viewers in whatever type of format or creativity or art you try to to create to put out there, and that. Yeah, so that's that's just one niggling doubt I I would have. It's it's almost like you you're not trying to do it to get the viewers. Well, maybe a part of you is doing it. You're doing it kind of for the the enjoyment of it, but a lot of that enjoyment is linked on Twitch to the interaction you have with the community. So you kind of need a community around you to have the best experience. And I think that's a very good point. And I think maybe we would probably get a bit frustrated if viewers and fans or whatever didn't materialize and i'll go back to another example of uh, neil young who i think is great for examples because he's so old but uh, he always he always says that uh, he doesn't give a shit if anyone likes his music and he doesn't care what reviewers say about his music but realistically if that were true he wouldn't be commercially releasing cds and vinyl records every year for the past <laughs> 50 60 years because deep down of course you care about what other people think of course you want positive comments and positive feedback about your art and people say oh the writer writes for himself not for you or an artist only makes art for himself but realistically if you're an artist you're only making it for yourself there'd be no such thing as an art gallery why the fuck would you need one if it's not for anybody else so like i i, I don't really ever buy anybody saying that they don't care about what other people think especially if you're creating art of some sort i mean you, there's levels of it definitely some people probably care far too much what people think and other people probably care very slightly but everybody fucking cares anyone that's making art and i'm like i mean maybe art is too strong a term to use for twitch but anyone who's making content let's say to, to modernize the, the term anyone who's making content definitely cares what everybody thinks or, or, or other people think and definitely wants people to enjoy it and watch it and consume it and that's really 
in a lot of ways that's really what it's all about i mean it's creative and it's an outlet and it's something that's enjoyable but you definitely do want people to pay attention to it without a doubt yeah and going back to that uh art gallery um uh, met- metaphor is that the way uh analogy maybe or i don't know analogy sorry yeah analogy <laughs> yeah it, w- it would be strange if you, if you saw an artist uh like paint a painting and just get all their paintings and just put them in the garage like that would be completely strange that's really somebody who doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks <laughs> but you would it's almost as if the, the way people talk about creativity and art or content is that that's the true creativeness and that's true art and the people who are like that they're the true artists mm. the people who put the paintings the, in the, the garage. people who don't exist basically are the true artists because everybody fucking shows <laughs> somebody their art yeah but I think the thing is you want to create it for yourself, but then you want the, the feedback after that. Whereas the difference between that and you said there's there's different levels of it. And I think that's true because I think TikTok is too far the other way. TikTok is I'm creating this just for someone else, just to get the likes, just to follow the trend. Whereas uh, Twitch seems to have the right balance. It's like I'm creating this for myself, what I'm interested in. And I really hope I get the feedback and the community out of that. But at least it's coming from my heart. Um like like a classic rock band. I'm <laughs> at this stage. But no, it's true. And it, it's worth saying as well, because we're going to do a lot more of this shit. I can feel it. I know we are. And it's worth saying as well about yes. having a podcast. Of course you want people to listen to it. I was very disappointed that not many people listen to our radio drama. But like, you, you get over <laughs> yeah, it. You, you move on. But like, I, w- I would have wished that we got 10 times the number of downloads for that. But we didn't. And tough shit, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, so Absolutely. Well, I suppose we better squeeze in what next week's episode is about. I was almost about to do it there until we both went and got on our soapboxes and pontificated <laughs> for a long time. Um, but here we are. So uh, next week, what we're going to do, as it's our 20th episode of Open Us, is we're not going to do a task for next week, but what we're going to do on the air next week is reflect on the previous 19 episodes as a 20th episode special. So we are going to cover the 17 different tasks we've done. So why are there 17, you ask? Well, in episode one, we didn't do a task. And then episode <laughs> four ended up not being a task as well. So we've got episode two, three, and then five to 19, all contained feedback or uh, reflections on previous tasks. And we're going to discuss each of them maybe not every single one of them because some of them were shit but we'll we'll reflect back on some of them uh most of the good ones definitely and we're going to talk about what we've learned what we've experienced and the things we have taken away and maybe what the future holds as well for open us so we hope you can join us next week and thank you to everybody who has joined us so far and thank you to the, the small number of people who joined us last week um but yeah so this has been open us i've been professor t He's been Dr. Toomey. Any final words, Dr. Toomey? Stopin'. Apostrophe. If you'd like to contact us on social media ahead of next week's task, search for us on Twitter. It's at Open Us Podcast. On Facebook, it's also Open Us Podcast. On Instagram, it's Open Us Podcast. And via email, it's Open Us Podcast at gmail.com. Because I, I was just working out how to how to counteract the tigers. After going through the frustration with it, it was like the journey of of, of overcoming these tigers. <laughs> there are no tigers. There are no tigers. There are no tigers. There are no tigers. There are no tigers.
There are no tigers. It's all in your head. <laughs>